So I, I have a brother. Well, I have a lot of brothers. I have eight, to be exact. Um, but one of my brothers, we all say, um, Tim will be late to his own funeral. Tim can't be on time to save his life. And I remember once, 20, almost 25 years ago, uh, Tim and his girlfriend Dorna and my mother and my brother Paul and I were all flying from, from uh, D.C. to Denver. And we were meeting. I lived in New York at the time. Paul lived in Philadelphia. Tim, Mom, Dorna, they lived in Richmond. We were meeting at Dulles Airport. And so Paul and I got there about two hours before the flight. And we waited. And we waited. And they called the flight. And we waited. We're standing in line and we're letting people go in front of us. And I looked at him and I said, well, what are we going to do? And he said, well, we got to get on the plane. And just as the people in front of us were going on, I see my brother and my mother and his girlfriend rushing to the gate. And they get to the gate. And as we're walking on the plane, I looked at him and I was like, Tim, for crying out loud, why so long? And he said, well, I hate sitting in an airport. And I'm like, I do too, but you know what's worse than sitting in an airport? Standing in an airport, watching your plane go away. And of course, this was before TSA. I don't even know if he flies anymore, because I don't know if he can make the flight. But you know, the thing is, as, as Americans, one of the things that we sort of understand is, they're not going to hold that flight for me. If the flight's supposed to depart at 10.30, they're going to close the door to that plane at 10.20, and if I'm not on it, tough toenails. And so we accept that. But with most of the rest of our life, we don't necessarily have to accept that. In fact, if the movie theater says, we're going to have those anymore, I don't know. If the movie theater says that the movie starts at 10.30, I know, well, if I get there at 10.40, 10.45, I'm probably fine because all I've missed is the previews, Right? But there's another place where we don't really take the start time seriously, and that's mass. Uh, I can remember when I was a kid, we used to always say, well, if you're there before the gospel, it's good, right? Um, and I think that someone actually wrote the, divine, the, the Congregation for Divine Worship and Discipline of the Sacraments, and, and they basically said, as long as you come at some point, You've satisfied your obligation. And, uh, you know, when it comes to a weekday Mass, there is no obligation. So I tell people, you come to the weekday Mass at any time, you're showing God you care. And so, I, you know, that's not the issue. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Sunday Mass. And when I was at St. Mary, someone came up to me and said, Father, how late can I come in and Mass still be valid? And I smiled and I said, well, how late would it be okay with you if I came in? If I came walking up the aisle during the responsorial psalm and plopped in my chair, or if I came in during the gospel because the deacon is reading it today, well, no, she said, you have to be there when it starts. And I said, yes, and so should you. Because the liturgy of the word is not something that's tacked on to the beginning of the Mass to give us a little extra time to get there. You know, we don't have the, the two readings in the Psalm and the Gospel so that I've got, you know, a little wiggle room when it comes to getting to Mass. Because the prophet Isaiah tells us today that the Word of God 
is active and living. And it's like the rain that comes down and it doesn't return to the sky until it's, it's served its purpose. And the Word of God is the same way. And we actually call everything from the uh, end of the opening prayer until the creed, the liturgy of the Word. And when we talk about the Word, we capitalize it because the Word is not just ink on a page. The Word is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Every word written in the Bible is Jesus Christ. And he wishes to speak to each and every one of us in a very particular way at the Mass. And so he wants us to be here so that we can hear that word, we can receive that word. And that word, as Isaiah says, can produce fruit. And we want to prepare ourselves to receive that word as Jesus talks about in the gospel by preparing our hearts and our minds to receive it. And by recognizing that coming to Mass is about receiving that word, first in the Word, and then in the Eucharist. And to see that God wants to be active in each and every one of us. And so not to just, you know, have Mass be something that I squeeze into this weekend sometime so it fits, but to see how it is an encounter with the living God an encounter with the living Christ. And that encounter, even though we all hear the same words, can be very different for each and every one of us if we have prepared ourselves. If we have, so to speak, toiled, toiled, told, tilled the soil. I'm new to English. I've only been speaking it for 54 years if we have tilled the soil of our heart, then it can start to have an impact on us. And and Jesus Christ, through his Holy Spirit, speaks to us each individually. And what we hear may be very different, and what stands out may be very different for you and for you and for me. But this is how God continues to communicate with us all through the celebration of the Mass. In a very particular way, God is speaking to us. And if we come here prepared for that, one of the things that I encourage folks to do is what I do. Starting tonight, I will read next Sunday's scriptures. And I will read them every day this week. And I will listen for the little message that Jesus sends to me. And then that's what I'll be preaching on next Saturday night to let that word seep through us and work in us. And it can work in us in strange and wonderful ways. When I was in the seminary, we had this bishop come, and he was telling this great story. I think he was just telling it to us. I don't think it was in Mass. I think we were just sitting around the table. And he had been uh, celebrating one of those big, fancy Masses that the bishops do, you know, ordinations or chrism Mass or adult confirmations or something really big, you know, where they got, like, four dozen seminarians and 80 priests and more deacons than you can shake a stick at, and everybody's there, and the whole diocese has come together. 
And, you know, he gives his homily and everything's great. And then the next week he said, I'm, I'm back at that same, at the cathedral, but I was just celebrating a Sunday Mass. It was a simple Sunday Mass, nothing fancy. He said, when I'm, when I'm done, I'm in the back shaking hands. Remember, we used to do that after Mass. We would stand in the back and shake hands. And he said, this young woman came walking up to me and she said, Your Excellency, I have to thank you so much because I was at that Mass last week and your homily transformed my life. And he said, really? And she said, yes, and I will never forget what you said because I've been so stuck. I've been so stuck in my past and my grudges and my hurts and all of my problems. And then you said, it is time to turn the page. And I was like, yes, it's time to turn the page on all of that. Leave all that behind. And he said, well, thank you. And she left. And he said, and then I started to rack my brain going, when did I say that? That didn't fit into anything that I was preaching last week. And then he said he remembered. He's sitting in the chair. He's got this like 12-year-old boy kneeling in front of him holding the folder with his homily, knuckles white and shaking because he's right in front of the bishop, holding the pages down. And the bishop needed to get to the next page. So he leaned forward and very quietly whispered, it's time to turn the page. An innocuous line a message that was really only intended for a little boy, but that was heard by a young woman with the power of the Holy Spirit because her heart was ready. If we come to Mass, not seeing it as just something else we have to do this week, if we prepare ourselves by reviewing that word for a week so that when we hear it, we're ready for it. Then the seed is planted. And through that seed, God bears fruit through you and through me. And not just a little fruit, a whole lot of fruit. 30, 60, 100 fold.